is Zachary Rodier, and welcome to episode 35 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. And we have an action-packed show for you today as hockey is back. The Ohio State men's and women's ice hockey teams are coming back this coming weekend, and we are here to provide you a full preview of both of their seasons with their respective head coaches. We're going to start this episode with the preview of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team with head coach Nadine Muzzerall, and then I will quickly give my thoughts at the end of that interview uh, on how I feel that their season is going to play out, and then we will quickly get into the preview for the Ohio State men's ice hockey team, uh, which is really exciting to have Coach Steve Rollick on head coach of their team for the very first time. And then, of course, we will give a little bit of a preview for their season. After that interview, we will then get into the Blue Jackets training camp, rapid headlines, and college corner as well as college hockey is back, and there have already been some upsets. So it's an action-packed episode. Like I said, we will have timestamps of when the interviews with head coach Nadine Muzrell and, uh, of course, head coach Steve Rollick in our description. So if you want to skip to those parts of the interviews first and then listen back to everything after, you can do that. But I do encourage you to listen to the entire episode. Even though it is longer than usual, it will give you everything you need to know to get ramped up and excited for this coming season of Ohio State men's and women's ice hockey and, of course, talk about the Blue Jackets in their section of this week's focus in the College Corner and Rapid Headlines as well. But without further ado, let's get right into our season preview of Ohio State women's ice hockey with coach Nadine Mazaral. Enjoy. Today to preview the Ohio State women's ice hockey team season, 614 check is excited to welcome now two-time guest of the show, coach Nadine Mazaral of the national champion Ohio State women's ice hockey team, who's entering her seventh season as head coach. The Buckeyes will take off with their season this year, starting Friday at Minnesota State at 4 p.m. Eastern. Coach, good to see you, and uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me back. Of course, it's great that hockey season is going to get started again. It's good to speak to you, and it was good to see you a few weeks ago at the media availability. But since we talked uh, last on the show last year, after the team's championship win, there's been a lot of celebrating uh, from the national championship team how has the team and your family uh, celebrated this summer in the past off season? <laughs> we've been quite busy, to be honest with you, in a good way. Just um, we've been enjoying the champion tour. Um, we've been getting a lot of love from the state of Ohio and just the, the hockey world in general. But um, as I said a while back, going into that championship game, I felt the weight of Ohio just because of all the people reaching out to us you know, in a good way. And then when we won, you really felt the love, especially from the Blue Jackets, you know, who have a really great relationship with us. And I appreciated them because they were fans of us before we won. And then of course, our own athletic department, giving us a lot of love and respect at football games and other athletic events. Um, just a lot of local media, young girls, playing hockey with their youth groups. Um, I think that, you know, we've probably touched every part of the state of Ohio, which is fantastic as we continue to try to grow the game here. Um, but it was, it was 
very tiring. Um, I don't know right. if I have that stamina at my age anymore, but um, it's a good problem, like I said, but now it's over <laughs> and this weekend is a new start. Absolutely. A new start. And besides the celebrating, how has this offseason been for you and the team as you're coming into this season with eight new players with seven freshmen, one transfer? How has that transition in the summer practices been? The summer practices of uh, and the I, I don't know what they did, you know, in the summer, but they came back really fit. Um, but, you know, like they look really good and strong and, and fast and big eyes and wanting to learn and asking questions and buying in and they came back really fit. Um, I think that standard of excellence is when you join a national championship team as a freshman and you want to play, you know that that's going to have to be earned. And the same with the returners is you don't want your position taken by a freshman. So I think they challenge each other in a healthy way. Uh, but the true testament will be how they can put it all together in a game. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about this new freshman and the sort of competition that that brings. And, you know, after reaching the pinnacle of college hockey, and that whole universe, it can be easy to sometimes step back. Uh, as we were talking about in the media availability a few weeks ago, it's the first time the Buckeyes are entering the season as number one. Um, but besides the quest uh, for the back-to-back -back championship, what are your goals this season uh, for the team? Well, I mean, I know everybody wants us to repeat, but I don't look at it um, like that far out. I look at it, hey, we got to get through this weekend, right? And then we have these small measurable goals and then of course the end goal is to win but we can't look at that yet it's so much hockey and so much can happen and if you start to focus on the end and not uh, focus on how to get there you're going to be in trouble so right now we're just focusing on Mankato and that's it and we're you know working the girls and preparing them to keep our philosophy of playing very relentless and being fit and being fast and smart. But at the same time, um, we're focused on how to be Mankato and what their tendencies are and how we can expose those. And so, you know, we're excited that we have a, a healthy team and a very eager, some young, but some very experienced players as well. Absolutely. And you talked about uh, healthy. So at this point in time, uh, as we're talking, every player looks like they are ready to go uh, for this coming weekend? Yes. All right, perfect. And uh, you talked about, you know, those new goals. What sort of new challenges uh, do you feel that you guys are going to face this season, uh, especially with being the team that everyone is chasing? And how do you think you guys can overcome that? Well, that's just the obvious answer, right? Like you're going to get everybody's best because you're number one. And reality is, you can only go down <laughs> yeah. and you have to understand people have to understand. Yes, we were the best team, but that was last year. This is, we have a different team this year and our opponents have a different team this year. And so there are going to be games that we're going to lose and that's going to be okay because when we won the national championship last year, we lost six. So you learn a lot more from losing than winning. So I just don't want the media to continue to put pressure on these young athletes of having to repeat. We are focused on our best and giving it everything we got every game. And then we can hang our jersey and hold our head high. But yes, of course, we're going to be competitive 
And we're just, again, going to go one weekend at a time because we can't put that pressure on ourselves. And we're just going to, you know, focus on what we do well and continue to get better and challenge each other every day. You talked about the different uh, teams, uh, that everything is looking different this year in the WCHA. Everything looks more competitive. A lot of that uh, with some new freshman talent, but also players uh, like Emma Malte coming back to your team uh, from the Olympics. How does that all shape up in the WCHA this year in a new challenge for your team and others? Well, I can remember a time like, this isn't abnormal for the WCHA, to be honest with you. If people have been following the WCHA for years, this happens often after an Olympics, right? Like we had it um, last time. We had it the time before that. And, you know, I just happened to be at Minnesota um, previously. And so you see it often when um, there's an Olympics. And so you've got a lot lot of our players in our conference that represent our country uh, or other countries and then if they don't make it but they've been centralized you get all of those kids back that are very elite as well so it's just like again after 2018 after 2014 um so this year is it's it's going to be fun because the top of the top weren't here last year and it's going to be interesting having them all back Absolutely. In addition, you know, with Emma Malte coming back, your team's bring in eight new players, seven of those being freshmen, a huge difference compared to last year where you had uh, only one freshman coming in. What have you seen from your freshmen so far in training camp and how's the transition been for them and your team? Oh, just great. Because again, we have five fifth year seniors and then we have quite a large senior class. And so it's not like our senior class is two and our freshman class is eight, you know, so we have heavy leaders in terms of the quantity that we have in our senior and our fifth year. So the freshman, if there's any time to have a big class, this is a good time because now you're supported by a bigger class with upperclassmen. Absolutely. And I want to break down uh, the freshman just a little bit. So Buckeye fans know what to expect coming into the season with them. We'll start with the freshmen, Emerson Jarvis, Sloan Matthews, Sophie Lunden, and Golly Levy. What should Buckeye fans expect from them coming into this season? Well, I mean, they're all so different, right? So you're going to have different expectations for each individual player because they play the game so differently, to be honest with you. Um, I think you're just looking at them, they're young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and they um, are very eager to learn and been very um, committed to uh, competing and, and trying to uh, make their name and, and be known in practice. Um, and it's quite a jump, you know, coming from high school to the number one team in the country. And um, they're just, again, just really excited for the opportunity. And when it comes to uh, Sophie London, she comes into this team with Olympic experience, a little bit older than some of the other freshmen. Uh, how excited are you uh, to see her take the ice this season? What will she bring to the team? Sophie's older than some of our sophomores, juniors, and possibly seniors as well. <laughs> so she has, of course, experience, as you mentioned, but age as well. You know, living in Europe, she's very mature. She lived on her own for many years um, before she even got here. So 
she's going to bring something um, uh, not just to the game, but to the locker room of just being relaxed, her demeanor, you know, being maybe European or just very more uh, chill nature, if you will. And um, so Sophie is very smooth, very, very skilled, very um, much a playmaker um in the in in her style of the game but i think you know by by eligibility she's a freshman but by age she definitely is not so um she's a unique individual um because of that and you know she's not living in the dorms like the freshmen are so her experience in college is very different than what a true freshman's experience is yeah and you know when it comes that experience is going to pay dividends, especially in that younger group. And, you know, we talked about the, the freshmen and forwards there. What about the defensemen and goaltending with Emma Peschel and Sydney Morrow and Lex, Lexington Secreto? Uh, what are Buckeye fans uh, going to expect from them on the defensive side of the game uh, as freshmen? Well, I think Peschel and Moreau are number top two defensemen in the country for their age. I saw that uh, with the U18 at the Junior Worlds this past summer. Um, they play very different though. Um, but in terms of overall skill, we have, I believe, the two top defensemen for their age. And then Lexi Secreto, you know, she's coming in understanding being a backup goalie to, you know, two very talented goaltenders that were not only on the U18 team, but also recently on the under 23 national team for Canada and the US. And then um, she's also has Quinn in front of her, who's a four year senior that continues to improve every year. But she's been making really impressive saves and being very competitive in goalie world and in practice. And you can see, again, being very eager and learning. That's the thing with all these freshmen and rookies. Like, look at who they have in front of them to learn. So, yeah, as coaches, we do our job to teach and educate and grow their IQ and make them better skill development. But the players themselves really do a lot of the heavy lifting, too, because of you know, that's what those freshmen see every day. And that's what the standard of excellence looks like. And now you have to mirror it. And that competition, you know, in practice and maybe on the ice, that's going to be something that we're going to continue to see. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll see this weekend. And once you guys come back uh, for St. Cloud State the following week of how everything plays out of who's taking the ice for the first time as a Buckeye. But another player that's coming in that you know, made a little bit of waves this summer. That's not a freshman is McKenna Webster coming to the Buckeyes in that uh, dual athlete or student athlete playing two sports uh, coming in for the Buckeyes as a transfer. Uh, we talked about that. She may not be ready to play for the Buckeyes uh, ice hockey team yet, as she's still with field hockey. Um, but how will she fit into this team uh, when she's ready to join the roster? Oh, yeah, right away. She's, you know, um, made her name very well known very early as a freshman um, when she was playing in college hockey. And so she is all around a very good hockey player, but more importantly, a really good kid. She just wants to be here, um, appreciates the culture here, appreciates the, the development, appreciates her teammates. And so um, when she does come and play for us based on 
whatever she's doing with field hockey and the approval that those coaches give her to play in practice, um, she, she's going to be elite very, very fast. And so we see that already in some of the practices that she can attend and she just elevates the game because she's so competitive and she's so um, gifted. So she um, will contribute immensely to our offensive power and, and very quickly. Absolutely. And to confirm, she will not be traveling with the team uh, to Minnesota this coming weekend. Correct. Okay. And another player also uh, coming back is Emma Malte. We've talked about her. She's returning as a captain. Uh, what have you seen from her and practices? Uh, you talked about being a fourth liner with team Canada, but what have you seen from her as she's been back in Columbus to get this team started uh, in a few days? Well, of course, she just elevates anyone's game when she's going into the corner battle or one-on-one or anytime she has the puck, people recognize she's out there. And then you can see how they transition with their footwork or their speed or their effort because she's going to challenge them. It's been really good for like the Sophie Jakes of the world and our defensemen because um, it holds them accountable and makes them have to work a lot harder, which will be great when it translates over into a game. And so she just is very explosive, um, very much a, a team player. I always yell at her to shoot more, but um, she's um, very crafty and, and very, you know, um, relentless. And so when we talk about being relentless and pursuit on the puck she she is all of that and she's tough to play against and she's going to make you make mistakes and I think that's very good for elevating the competition and practice but also holding our D accountable to make quicker decisions and um, to work harder and she also wants a national championship she was in the stands <laughs> watching that last season right yeah, it was funny. We were looking up pictures last night and there's a picture of the team and in the background on the glass is Emma just bawling, crying because she was so um, full of joy for them, even though she couldn't be a part of it um, on the ice. She was definitely a part of it in terms of a, a fan and a cheerleader and part of our family. So um, it was great to see. I got a lot of videos from people after we won um, them watching the game and somebody filming an alum watching us win and them just full of tears crying of just joy of where we were and where we are. And Emma was one of them and she had a first row seat and cheering on the team with Lindsay Wallace and just ecstatic as if she won it herself. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. That's what, you know, when you're talking about a captain this season uh, on when she was even not with the team last year, seeing that was really cool to see. And, you know, she's going to definitely make her mark in the roster this year, but I know it can be a little early to talk about line combinations. But last season, the top line of Buglioni, Rosenthal, and Gardner were great producers for your team. Can we expect this line to stay together, or is that going to be changed up with Webster and Malte and other players coming into the mix? Well, respectfully, Zach, I don't share my secrets. Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but I appreciate the question. Of course, just figure I would ask as things are getting closer here. <laughs> you're doing you're doing your job, but I can't share my secrets and have the opponent know. Of course, so I guess we'll find out this weekend, coach. Yeah, you will. And who knows if it stays, right? Like it's ever changing. Like of we course. say, 
Um, my husband told me of a famous football coach that I'm blanking on his name, I think at USC. And he always said, every Monday's a tryout. And so I really respect that mind frame of, hey, every Monday and all week is a tryout. And then we will evaluate who travels on Wednesday night or who dresses after, um, you know, pregame skate on Friday. So I, I just really like that concept. Of course. And you also have a lot of returning players. Who do you think fans should keep an eye out for uh, this season that you think uh, will break through and catch some attention uh, for some fans that are just joining the team and watching them this season? Sure. That's a good question. Well, the obvious one is our Arthur Ashe and Kaz Meyer finalists and Sophie Jakes. I mean, she even looks better in practice now than she did last year. So I'm very excited for her future. Um, and then her partner, Bazal, another fifth-year senior who doesn't get as much of the um, recognition because she's more of a, a silent defender. But, man, she, she, is, she does all the right things and um, has quarterbacked our power play a lot. Um, and, you know, just our whole decor, honest to God. Like, we have nine, and if somebody were to say, hey, tell me one through nine in order um, – if you asked me today and then asked me at lunch and then asked me at dinner, it could change just because they're that good and they're that close in depth. Um, and then I think uh, another obvious is Amanda Teeley, our goaltender, um, who's defending the national championship, our starting goalie. And she just made the U.S. team and has, again, another bright future because she technically still has three years of eligibility. And um you know in Kirky she came back Reagan Kirk you know who was our backup goalie last year she came back from her under 23 experience with Team Canada and she looks very elite so our one and two goalie could probably be one and two anywhere else in the country so I'm very excited for our our back half um we always say you win from the backup you know goaltending and and D so uh we talked a lot about our offense already but I think one that always, always goes under the radar. And I truly believe is one of the best centermen is Gabby Rosenthal. Like, I just think that she is the complete 200 foot hockey player, probably one of the strongest people on her stick, always in front of the net when we're scoring goals, wins the five foot battles in the corners. And I just think us hockey is absolutely crazy for not bringing her. Of course. And, uh, you also have some other pieces, uh, not player-wise, with Kelsey Klein uh, moving to the bench, bringing back <laughs> yeah. Peter Lander to the bench, and uh, adding former Buckeye Lauren Spring to director of ops. Just a few uh, more minutes here. What do they bring uh, special team-wise and in those changes uh, for a new bench for you this season? Well, for me as a coach, I think the biggest thing when you're hiring people is loyalty and work ethic. and I just saw how hard Klein worked last year as our director of ops. And I think that's um, a good way to look at finding future coaches is to see how they can handle the workload because to be a part of the Ohio state, everybody wants it. It's, you know, you're bedazzled by it and it's got such a reputation, but there's a heavy weight that goes with that. I mean, how do you get to be excellent, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot of behind the scenes, heavy lifting to continue to be excellent all the time. And 
I saw Klein's work ethic and her loyalty to these players and, and to me. And I coached her for three years at Minnesota before I left here. She's a two-time national champion. And the fact that, you know, she is one of a former player. I mean, who better to relate to these young women? Um, Lauren Spring, I mean, I've always wanted blood on the team in the sense of, you know, me and Klein and Peter were married into OSU, but we're not blood. And so uh, Lauren Spring is um, a true Buckeye. She's married to a, a, an athlete, a, f- a former soccer player here. And um, she was my captain when I blew up this culture and revamped it and got it going to be excellent. And she had to hold her teammates and friends accountable in the locker room. And that was really hard because that was true adversity and she had to stand strong. And I give her a lot of credit for our culture. Her and Jules, I follow the captains in 2018. We went to that first frozen four after 17 years of being around 500 or below. And then Peter Elander, I mean, he never really left. I know he physically wasn't here, but for the past five years, he's always called me, checked in, probably our number one fan on Twitter. Um, When he was at the Olympics for the third time as a head coach, he brought his OSU sweatshirt and found all the Buckeyes and took a picture with them. So he's been a true loyal fan from the beginning and um, his wealth of knowledge and unique way, I think is um, a great way for us to kind of view hockey. And so um, I think it's a unique group. I think um, they come from all different parts of the world and all different experiences. And I think that that's going to be great because it will hit every girl on the team um, in a different way and just exploit their excellence. And I'm excited for um, what we can all bring and put together. I'm excited to see how it all turns out. We just have a minute or so left here. I want to ask you uh, two quick hit questions. A lot of other WCHA teams uh, played exhibition games or uh, non-conference games before going into the WCHA conference. Uh, your team did not. Uh, what was the decision into going into that? Into what? Into Starting just straight later? to conference play, yeah. Uh, it was just like I knew we o- we owed Cornell a trip that we couldn't get to last year, and so I didn't want to keep them waiting another year. I didn't think that that was fair. And so Ivies don't play in September, unfortunately. And then we owed Lindenwood and that just was the only time that fit her, their schedule. Um, And so we also played Colgate, but they didn't have that uh, weekend open. So when you're trying to build some non-conference, it's hit or miss of who, who has what available. And I don't want to just play anybody. So I try to be a little more strategic on who that somebody is. Okay. Very understandable. And last uh, time you were on the show, uh, you gave an update saying that things were still in the works uh, for a potential new rink uh, for your team. Uh, is there any update on that entering this season? Not right now. I have not heard much lately, no. Okay. All right, perfect. Well, Coach, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, I know Buckeye fans are excited uh, for this season, and I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Uh, so best of luck this season. And again, the Buckeyes are starting out their season in Minnesota at Minnesota State at 4 p.m. Eastern this Friday. Coach, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. We hope to check in later this season. Yeah, thank you very much, Zach. I appreciate it.
was Coach Nadine Muzzerall of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. Thank you so much for coming on today, Coach. And I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with her as we start to preview the season here for the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. Let's get into them a little bit more after that interview with Coach Muzzerall, just to preview things a little bit more. So we talked about them not having uh, any preseason or exhibition non-conference games before the season starts. They are getting right into it this weekend uh, versus Minnesota State, uh, Friday, September 30th, 4 p.m. Eastern, and Mankato, Minnesota, uh, and that's going to be on Big Ten Plus. Then they will play on Saturday, October 1st, 1 p.m. in Mankato as well, uh, of course, 12 Central that is also on Big Ten Plus. So both of those games will be able to stream there. And then they will be coming back. We'll preview this, of course, next weekend. Uh, it will be Friday, October 7th versus St. Cloud State at home for the first time since they won the national championship. 6 p.m. Eastern uh, on Friday. And then they'll play Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern uh, versus St. Cloud State. I will have both those games on Big Ten Plus And then our great guru, for Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, we'll have those as well. And we'll make sure you know how to watch those or listen to them next week. But let's start with Minnesota State this week. I think for the Ohio State Buckeyes, it is all about, you know, getting things started with this team. Minnesota State, uh, where they're ranked uh, in the preseason polls uh, in the WCHA, uh, you know, lower down uh, from those bottom four, but I think they're still a very competitive team. They're unranked, of course, uh, in the whole scheme of the NCAA, but every team in the WCHA can give a tough run for any team's money, and I think the Buckeyes know that, and we just heard that with Coach Nadine Musserell, that they will be ready and up for the challenge. So we're going to see quickly uh, on this weekend how the Buckeyes will be prepared. Of course, they are playing Minnesota Duluth, a rematch of the national championship on October 21st. Before that, they have Minnesota State, St. Cloud State, and Bemidji State. Still very tough opponents uh, that will be able to get them ready uh, for when they hit Minnesota Duluth and Minnesota in the later parts of October. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting. I think the Buckeyes will, you know, they could come away with both of these wins. It'll be interesting. You know, we were talking with Coach Muzzerall about who's going to get on what line, who's going to play what, and that's going to be, in my opinion, the interesting thing to see how it all plays out. How will the freshmen uh, go? Will some of them get their first goals as Buckeyes? How will Emma Malte come back into the line? Will that line of Buglioni, Rosenthal, and Gardner uh, stay put, or will it get mixed up? Coach Muzzerall wouldn't give us that, didn't want to give the trade secrets away, so we're going to figure all that out this coming weekend. It's going to be really cool to see how it all plays out and the Buckeyes hitting the ice for the first time since raising their trophy of the national championship last season. Again, 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, both games on Big Ten Plus, and of course, we will recap that for you on Monday in episode 36 of 614 Check. Let's just preview the Buckeyes' whole season in total, I think they are going to have a really, really good season. You know, are they the same team as last year? Are they better? Are they worse? It's really hard to tell that now because I know a lot of fans have been asking me that and asking me those questions. Are they better? Are they the same? You know, with some of their seniors and grad students that graduated uh, and aren't with the team, 
you know, how are they doing right now? And in my opinion, I think this is a very strong team. They have great returners, Rosenthal, Levis, Bizal, Jakes, and all of those players coming around there. And then you have Malte coming back. And it, that's huge for this Buckeyes team. And then, you know, you have some other great freshmen coming in. You have Webster when she hits the ice. Uh, Amanda Teeley's been great. And, of course, you still have players in Bing, Gardner, Buglioni, and everyone there in the mix uh, that I just didn't mention that are so good for this team that have that playoff experience now. They know how to win. They're relentless on the puck. And I think all of that experience is going to be really important for this Buckeyes team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And... I do think, of course, that this team will make the final faceoff and they will make the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I do think they will make another Frozen Four appearance. Whether that makes a championship or not, I think at this point in the season is so hard uh, to predict uh, just because there are amazing teams out there as well. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota Duluth, and then you look outside of the WCHA, uh, with Northeastern and Yale and so many other teams, Colgate, Cornell, that are still growing and getting bigger. And in the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, but I do think the Buckeyes will definitely contend for their back-to-back -back national championships and back-to-back -back WCHA championships. They will make the final faceoff, probably the championship game, in my opinion. And there, you know, it's one game, anything can happen. Um, but I do think they have a really solid chance of repeating in both the conference and national uh, championship. I think it's going to be a good chance for them this season. Uh, see what it is going to be. And I think this Buckeyes team, with all the freshmen they have, they are really building for the future. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they all play out. If they are having really strong starts here, Buckeye fans can start to get excited for the next four years of those players coming in and getting things done. And that's what I think is going to be really interesting to see. How will the freshmen turn out right away? How will the leadership in Levis, Rosenthal, and Malte come in? How will Malte fit in? And when will McKenna Webster, in fact, make it in to the Ohio State women's ice hockey team roster? Uh, so again, I think the Buckeyes are going to contend for back-to-back -back national championships and WCHA final faceoff championships. Anything can happen in those games, but I think they have a good shot for it. Something they didn't get last season was the regular season uh, championship in the Julian By Cup. That is something that I can definitely see them contending for as well this season. Something else I want to quickly mention here is that there was no update, no more news on a new ice rink for the women's ice hockey team. That is important to note as things continue to develop in that situation. But that is going to be it for our season preview for the Ohio State women's ice hockey team as they will be taking off with their season this coming weekend, again, 4 p.m. away in Nankato, Minnesota versus Minnesota State, 4 p.m. on Big Ten Plus. That is Eastern Standard Time. We're going to take a quick break here on 614 Check, and then we'll get right in to previewing the Ohio State men's hockey team with head coach Steve Rollick. help us preview the Ohio State men's hockey season, 614 Check is excited to welcome head coach Steve Rollick, who's entering his 10th season as coach. Uh, the Buckeyes will kick off their season this Saturday on the road versus Mercyhurst at 7 p.m. Coach, thank you so much uh, for coming on and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. And 
Well, some fans may think the offseason is a quiet time uh, for some hockey teams. It can be very busy, uh, as we were just talking about before the show. How has this offseason been uh, for you and your team? Well, again, I, yeah, you know, it started with last year and just uh, kind of the disappointment of having such a great year and then uh, not squeaking in the national tournament there. So I think our guys had that on their mind this uh, this summer when, you know, it's uh, time to put the work in and got to do a little bit more, be a little bit better. And, you know, everybody's been a little bit busy with that and and getting home and seeing families and taking a little vacation time as well. And um, as coaches, you try to prepare as best you can. and obviously with some changes on, on our side too. So it's been a, it's been a pretty busy summer. Absolutely. And you talked about that disappointment uh, from last season, your team did exceed uh, the big 10 coaches poll expectations from last year that I know when talking to Jake wise and yourself uh, last season could give you guys some fuel Um, and your team is set up for another new season ranked at number 16 in the nation. What can you take from last season uh, the exceeding expectations and then the disappointment of not making into the national tournament that can help propel you uh, for this season and for hopefully for you guys postseason success. Well, I mean, again, I, you know, you go into the season and to me, I don't, you know, rankings really don't mean a lot to me day one. They mean a lot to me at the end of the year. Um, so no matter where you're picked or what people think, uh, I think you got to keep the same approach. Um, your work ethic, your culture and how you approach things has got to be the same. And uh, obviously, you know, we felt we had a good team last year. Uh, and again, for for most of it, uh, you know, we had a very good year. Um, the disappointing things, the end of the year, and we just didn't get it across the finish line. And I think that's the biggest disappointment. You put all that work in, you're that close, and you end up uh, missing out on a national tournament uh, because we let it get, slip out of our hands. And and uh, it ends up coming down to the last game and the plus the last overtime one goal, and we fell on the wrong side of it. So. I think that leaves a taste of for all of us that we got to continue to get better. And uh, for our returning guys, I think that's their thoughts for us as coaches. We got to continue to push ourselves to be better, to help our team. Um, and this year it's a new personality, new group. Um, you know, not all the guys were here last year. So again, the guys that are coming back, you learn from it, you push yourselves and you try to get yourself across the finish line this year. And you said a new group for you. Um, and you have those goals of, of course, winning the Big Ten and national championships. But besides those big trophies and getting those wins, what do you think your goals are for this season with the new players and the returners? Really, it's pretty simple. My goal is to get better. And, uh, and it starts with our coaching staff and then right through our team. And, you know, again, if you keep that attitude and you have that attitude, like, you know, every time you step on the ice, you want to get better. Um, you know, to me, the end result will be there. Uh, if, if you look too far ahead and uh, you start thinking about February and March today, uh, I, I, I think that you get too far over your skis and you start losing focus on the task at hand. So me, I've always been, you know, it's about Monday through Thursday and it's about what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it on Friday and Saturday. And for us this week, we're concentrating on what we need to do for Saturday. And it's a one, one day at a time. And, you know, you talked about those goals, and but there can be challenges, of course, uh, coming into the season. What do you see arising from those, you know, goals that you have uh, from those challenges that you could face? And how do you think your team can overcome them? Well, I, you know, you go into each year and you kind of feel how your team's built. And um, I think we're built on depth. Uh, I think 
our challenge is going to be, you know, who's going to step up and score goals and uh, special teams. I mean, those are the those are the big areas that we really got to improve um, to win at any level, and especially here at everything's so competitive. I mean, all sixty, I don't know if it's sixty-one teams now or sixty-two or whatever that number is. Everybody can win on any given night, and um, so again, for us, keep the puck out of the net, build from our goalie out, and um, who's going to score goals and is our special teams going to be better? And you talked about that depth, uh, which is, you know, a little bit of a thing that everyone is starting to notice this year because one player that your team will miss this season is Georgie Merkulov, who was a freshman last year, now joining the Boston Bruins organization, uh, who had a lot of offense to his game. Is it that depth that is going to help fill that void? And how will your team do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what happens. And um, again, a credit to Georgie, credit to the staff and the development. Uh, you know, that's when somebody comes in here and they're ready to sign and get to the next level, that's our job. Our job is to develop these guys um, at the time they are here and prepare them for the next level. And with a guy like that missing, well, then it's next guy up. And, you know, he doesn't have to score 20, but if someone scored eight last year, maybe we can get 12 out of them. Uh, someone scored four last year, maybe we can get eight out of them. I mean, I think that's the mentality that we have to take. And that's that's how you overcome losing an offensive weapon like Georgie. And besides Georgie, there were a huge skillful class of freshmen last season. What can Buckeye fans expect from your five sophomores and Cole McCord, Mason Lorai, Camp Thiesing, Riley Herbst, and Jakob Dovish this season? And from practice, how do you feel that they've grown uh, from last year? Well, you know, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. You know, you're in the business as long as I have. Sometimes guys come in and have a really, really outstanding freshman year, and they think they've reached the top of the mountain. And all of a sudden, they take that dip their sophomore years. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, none of these guys fall into that sophomore slump. And uh, that's something that we got to, you know, try to push and talk about as coaches. And But these guys have put the time in. that They've worked. Um, you know, obviously, Mace has is, is spent his offseason rehabbing, trying to get himself back and, and ready to go. Um, so, again, we want to build on what they've done last year. We don't want to get complacent. And as soon as you get complacent, you start to go backwards. And certainly that's not a good thing. And from practice, has it seemed uh, like they have, you know, continued to have that uh, competitive edge this season? Yeah, I mean, I you know, uh, they've certainly brought it. I mean, they're going through their ups and downs in practice. It's not perfect, but uh, their work ethic has been there. And, you know, you really don't know exactly where you're at until you start to play somebody else. And and uh, most times you have that in an exhibition game. We just, unfortunately, we don't have that this year. So, you know, we're stepping into something that could really count big time at the end of the year, even though it's the first game of the year. Absolutely. And you talked about uh, Laura a little bit, uh, rehabbing that injury. Uh, going into this weekend, will he be ready to go? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's cleared and uh, he's, he's worked extremely hard to put himself in a good position. And, um, you know, is he where he was, you know, prior to the injury, you know, probably not, but you know, it's not going to take him long. He's got to knock the rust off and, and uh, he's done a nice job to put himself in this position. It's, it's again, it's going to be a process for him. And some people that can help him uh, and your team this season are your four new freshmen, John Larkin, Tyler Duke, Stephen Halliday, uh, Davis Burnside, and of course you have a transfer coming in in Scooter Bricky. What have you seen from them in camp so far, and what can Buckeye fans expect from them uh, from these newcomers? 
Well, I think the first thing is they've come in and they've worked extremely hard. I mean, we're not asking any of those guys to come in and carry the mail. We're asking those guys to, to come fit in, uh, be a part of our culture, be a part of what we're trying to do. And I think they've done that. Uh, I, and again, a credit to our older guys for allowing that to happen, a credit to our older guys to, you know, work with these incoming guys, make them feel comfortable. So I'm excited for them. I think they're all going to contribute in their own ways. And, and uh, they've showed that in practice already. And we talked about a little bit of Jakob Dobesh uh, before, and he's going to definitely help these freshmen, especially with some of them on the back end of having that experience as being a sophomore this year, freshman last year. But Dobish took over the Buckeyes net uh, last season, had great success, including being named to the second All-Big Ten team this preseason. Uh, what can we expect for the Buckeyes goaltending-wise this season? Will it play out like last season where he had the net for most of the season, or could we see a bigger split uh, of these games? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, anything can happen. I, I, I like where all our goalies are. I mean, uh, Snowd's has done a nice job in camp. Riley's done a nice job. I mean, you know, they're good friends. They push each other. Um, they're the backbone of our team. And certainly, you know, Jakob had a fantastic year for a, for a freshman goaltender. Hopefully we can build on that. He doesn't have to be perfect. You know, what he needs to do is just come in every night and, and try to continue to get better and give ourselves a chance. And he has that ability along with the other two. So uh, it's a good position to have the depth we have. And uh, it's a good spot to build your team from, uh, from the net out. And that's certainly what we're, you know, going to try to do. So uh, again, I'm excited for those guys. I'm excited for obviously Jakob, uh, certainly to get the chance to get out there and, and see what we can do and see what they can do. Of course. And, you know, Jakob was a story, especially uh, coming from the Czech Republic and, you know, having that experience and, of course, being drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. And you've had uh, some new prospects. People get drafted uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes this season into the NHL. What does that do for your program as you guys are trying uh, to solidify a bigger spot uh, in the NCAA? Well, you know what? I mean, number one, it's uh you know, we're trying to go out there and get the best kids that fit in what we're trying to do, the kids that want to be here and be a part of it. And certainly a credit to these guys that have been drafted. I, I think, uh, you know, what it does is just solidify who has your rights and all those kind of things. It doesn't mean that we're going to have guys that are fantastic college players that great opportunities that aren't drafted. They're almost in a better position sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just, uh, again, it's a feather in their cap. It's something they'll remember for the rest of their life, but you still got to put the time in, you still got to work. Um, and then it's the communication between, you know, our staff and the team that drafts guys, and then, you know, make sure that when they're ready, they go when they're ready, because a lot of these guys find out in a hurry, it's a business at the next, at the next level. Uh, and um, you got to make sure you're prepared on the ice and off the ice for that. And someone that's been preparing for that for a while uh, with the Buckeyes franchise has been Gustav Westland. He was a key player for your team last season, captain for you guys entering his fifth year, along with former guest of the show, Jake Wise. Uh, what will their leadership do for your team this season? And what are your expectations uh, for both of them? Well, again, I, you know, being here, the experience, understanding, you know, who I am, what we try to do as coaches, uh, what our culture is. I think that's number one and most important. Uh, and again, for them to go out there and just play within themselves, not, not to try to be somebody they're not, 
Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, we got to lean on them on the ice, uh, their, their leadership ability with our team um, is going to be tremendous. And it takes a lot of pressure off me and our staff. Um, but certainly they don't have to do something that's not them. And that's what I try to stress. Don't be somebody you're not. Go be you and uh, good things will happen. And when it comes to captaincy's leadership, has any, can you announce anything on that if uh, captains or assistant captains have been named this season? Yeah, we, we haven't announced that yet. That'll be uh, certainly presented by the weekend. Okay, awesome. And uh, some other players uh, that you know fans want to know who they should keep an eye out for this season. Besides the players we've mentioned so far, who do you think fans should keep an eye out uh, that you think will break through this season? Um, I, you know, like, like I said earlier, I mean, I think it's our depth. I, I think we could have a lot of guys chip in and again, not that they're going to score 20 or 25 goals, but I think we could have a lot of guys end up with 10 goals, which is going to be a great year for our team and for them individually. And so, I mean, I could rattle right down a list of guys that, uh, could be in that spot and that's most of our forwards and whatnot. And, and our decor is uh, capable of, of, again, presenting some points to the table, getting up and down the rink. So I can honestly say I, I'm not sure who exactly that's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot of part of our team. Uh, a lot of our guys have that ability. And another team aspect last season, it seemed like, you know, we always talked about post-game, those third periods, that the third periods came up huge uh, for your team and the Buckeyes. What are – what can you guys do this season to try and change the tide and play a full 60 uh, minutes of hockey instead of just relying on, they were great third periods, but you know, you always don't want to just rely on that final uh, 20 minutes of play. Yeah, that's the magic, right? I mean, that's something we got to build on. And um, you know, the one thing is that our guys and people got to realize, I mean, there's never a perfect game and um, 60 minutes is, is a long time and there's a lot of momentum swings and you just got to try to get to that consistency level. And again, for us, you know, you'd love to get out to the lead. You'd love to get out to a good start. I mean, that's what you try to preach about, but you know, for us maintaining number one, knowing that teams know that these guys are never going away. I think that's a great asset for us that teams understand that, you know, these guys will never quit. That's always going to be our attitude, but if we can build on that and, and again, have better starts and have better consistency, I think that's what we're striving for throughout the full 60 instead of putting a lot of pressure on, you know, it's not a lot of times you can fall back three zip, two zip, whatever that is, and, and try to come back all the time. Um, so that's something, the consistency part of it is something that we want to stress this year. And someone that can help you coach uh, with that consistency and adding to your bench. Uh, this offseason, you added Luke Strand uh, to your bench as assistant coach. How excited are you to welcome him to the team? And how will he elevate your team uh, and the special teams? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky, uh, you know, with uh, J.B. Bittner and, and Lane the Bell and Dusty Carlson and, and the rest of the staff that's back. I mean, you know, those guys are so elite at what they do. Um, and then having the opportunity to bring Luke Strand in, I mean, you know, you look at his resume and his track record speaks for itself. I mean, he's worked at NHL level, he's worked at college level, he's worked at the junior level, uh, his development, his detail, uh, his structure, uh, what he brings is a, is a ability to develop. I think that's the most important thing when you bring someone in that can relate to these young guys that can develop and 
I'll put my staff with JB and Bits and those guys on the ice with anybody, uh, guys that want to get to the next level and understand what it takes to get to the next level. These guys are elite as it gets. And will they be splitting power play and penalty kill duties, sharing those duties? Uh, how will that work this season? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I mean, uh, JB will be the point on, uh, on the power play, um, you know, and, and Luke will be the point on the, on the PK side of things. So, you know, again, I mean, you sit down as a staff, you go through it, but you know, they're the voice and um, I think they're going to do a fantastic job. And the power play and the penalty kill seem to get a lot of people excited. The fans uh, for the turnout last season, you talked about last season where, you know, before COVID, not a lot of fans in the stands. And then last season, I think some huge numbers against Notre Dame, especially. And then uh, you allowing the fans to not, for the students, especially not to have to pay uh, to come into the Big Ten Championship. Uh, that was something that really stood out to me when broadcasting. How big do you expect the turnout uh, to get this year? And how will it help your team uh, compared to other seasons? Well, I, it's so important. And I mean, when you talk about some of those games last year, we had over 2000 students, uh, you know, I mean, you, you recognize that from the drop of the puck. Uh, it's so important. And I think we can continue to build on that. Um, I just think it's word of mouth and communicating. And, and every time uh, these students show up, uh, they have nothing but great things to say and they love it. It's entertaining. And I think they just got to spread the word, but, but to be able to walk out here at the shot with our home crowd and have some of the atmosphere we had last year, um, you know, it's, uh, it's that extra player, um, that you have in your back pocket and hopefully we can continue to build on that. And something that's going to get the fans very excited and somewhere you can see a lot of fans outdoors is your team announced this season that you guys are going to be facing off against Michigan on the faceoff on the lake. How exciting is this for your team and what were yours and your team's emotions on this announcement? Yeah. I mean, you know, to, to, to be able to experience something like this, it's something you remember for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, you're taking the game back to the roots um, to have a chance to, to play in uh, basically an event like this um, against a team up north. Uh, you have 40, 50, 60,000 fans. Um, it's spectacular. And when I mentioned it to the guys and just to see their eyes and how excited they were uh, that we we're going to have this opportunity, that's exactly why you come here. That's exactly you know, why you, you play at this level and, and play for Ohio State to have these experiences because at the end of the day, it is about – you know, it's, it, it is about the student athlete experience and to give them this uh, was a no brainer. And it is in Cleveland uh, compared to being in Columbus, even though Ohio, it is in Ohio. Oh, do you know the decision of not having that at Ohio stadium or lower.com field instead moving to first energy center in Cleveland? Well, that's certainly above my pay grade, but okay. uh, Cleveland uh, their, their ownership group is the one that uh, contacted us um, and asked us to, to play an outdoor game there. So there's certainly, uh, there's always been a lot of talk of having an outdoor game here at the, at the shoe. I think that's something I'd love to see at some point. I, I think we're working towards that. Um, you know, I'd love to get the NHL involved. Uh, but this was something that Cleveland came to us um, and asked us to be involved with. Um, so that's how it was presented. I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Uh, one last question here. Uh, Coach, thank you again for joining us. Uh, 
you know, you're getting ready for Mercyhurst this Saturday, and then the Big Ten season quickly starts uh, versus your alma mater in Wisconsin uh, the following week. Uh, what do you want to see from your team? I know we've talked a lot about different things, but right as the puck drops, what is the one thing uh, that you're hoping to see from your team uh, right as the season kicks off? Yeah, well, you know, just like anything, I mean, I'd love to see our energy and our discipline and, and trying to take care of the puck, manage the puck. There's going to be a lot of nerves. We haven't played a game. Um, and again, I mean, they're in the same boat, but we're going up against uh, a very good hockey team. Well, coach Rick does a fantastic job. It's homecoming weekend. It's been sold out. Uh, I think 30 minutes it took for, for them to sell out both nights. Um, so it's exactly what you want on the road against a really good hockey team. We got to be ready to go and control our emotion, take care of the puck and be disciplined and be disciplined in a penalty wise, be disciplined with the puck. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get a few breaks along the way. And of course, so your team will be kicking off their season on the road and then we'll be coming back to the shot on October 7th next weekend, as long with the women's hockey team as well, opening their season at home. Uh, so Coach, thank you uh, so much uh, for coming on today. Good luck with your season and safe travels next week. All right. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. That was head coach Steve Rollock of the Ohio State men's hockey team. We thank him so much uh, for coming on. And let's get in more in depth to our preview here for the Ohio State men's hockey team. They have a lot of great players coming back. We talked about Gustav Westland, Jakob Dobas, Jake Wise, Mason Lorai, Cam McWard, all those sophomores coming in, um, Cam Thiesing, and so on. And then you got some great freshmen. We talked about them with Coach Steve Rollick. And I feel that this is a Buckeyes team that has a lot of different layers to it. They have their great veterans and their great sophomores that Coach Rollick was worried about, you know, are they going to get into that sophomore slump or can they continue to grow and get even better this year? And if they can do that and help get these freshmen off to a great start like they did last year uh, with the freshman class uh, from before, I think they're going to have a lot of success this year. Again, they're lower in the Big Ten season poll. Coach Rollick doesn't really, you know, matter about that it just depends on what he feels about his team and how much success they end up having and I think that's going to be a really interesting point of how can they perform without the noise surrounding them they used it as motivation last year uh, they don't seem you know to really pay attention to it this year now that they're 16th in the nation and they can sort of you know just mind their own business do what they want to do and then he only cares about it, like he said, at the end of the season. And I think this is a Buckeyes team that, you know, when we're giving predictions, I feel that this team can make it far in the Big Ten Championship and in the NCAA uh, tournament. I think that they will make the tournament this year. Um, you know, they had mistakes last year that it was in their hands. Coach Rollick said that, and then they let it get away from themselves and just miss the tournament. And I think this is the year that the Buckeyes can make it back, uh, get back into that tournament, but it's all going to be about success throughout the entire season, but also continuing that success into the Big Ten tournament, uh, which is something that they weren't able to convert on last year. Uh, he talked about that depth I think it's going to be really important to see how everyone can chip in. Mason Lorai, he said he wasn't uh, where exactly he was uh, right before that injury. Uh, so trying to get back into that, he's going to be huge for this team this year. Jakub Dobesh, how he performs. Uh, he got a lot 
of attention around himself last year, how is that going to affect him this year? And all those different little question marks and things like that are definitely going to impact how this team ends up performing. But the way I see it right now, the Big Ten Conference, just like the WCHA and women's hockey, Big Ten Conference is extremely competitive. There's going to be big games every single game, hard competitors. Uh, even with Mercyhurst coming into this weekend, as Coach Rock was saying, they're a good team. Uh, it's going to be a sellout crowd. So just seeing how it all is going to turn out is going to be really interesting to see. Again, for men's hockey, I think that they are going to get in on their way uh, this season to definitely push forward um, in the Big Ten tournament, continue to get better in that realm. And I think it's going to be huge for them uh, to have that offseason or postseason success, excuse me, um, because they want to prove people wrong that they can you know, make it into the playoffs and get things done and then make it into the NCAA tournament. And I think that's going to be really important for them. Uh, you know, let's specifically talk about this game coming up. It's Mercyhurst this coming weekend. Uh, they are playing at Mercyhurst, so Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, that is going to be Saturday, October 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday, October 2nd, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. At this moment in time, it's going to be on OSU Radio, uh, and we don't have any information on where that is going to be able to be watched. So once we get that information, we'll, we will post it on our social media um, but that's going to be it right now. For the men's hockey team, I think this is their year to get back into NCAA postseason, have some success. Will they be able to go all the way and win the Big Ten Championship and win the NCAA National Championship? I think anything is in the realm of possibilities for them. I think once they get into that tournament, uh, they're a hard team to play against. They have great goaltending, great defense. And if they can get that depth on the offensive side of things uh, for this team, uh, I think they can win whatever they want to win as well. Uh, so that's going to be it here for the men's hockey preview uh, here on 614 Check. We're going to now get into this week's focus with the Columbus Blue Jackets on their training camp, the rapid headlines, and college corner as well. It has been an unbelievable episode here on 614 Check with our season previews of Ohio State men's and women's ice hockey, and we're ready to cap it off with some Blue Jackets news, the rapid headlines, and College Corner. Let's get started for the Blue Jackets as Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine and Boone Jenner have started training camp on a line together. However, Boone Jenner, when it comes to preseason and scrimmages, has not played yet due to just making sure that everything is okay with his back that he was having problems with at the end of last season. And for that reason, Kent Johnson has stepped in center in scrimmages and preseason. And he has looked unbelievable in, in between Goudreau and Line. Uh, also, some other Blue Jackets news. Tim Leroy is officially out as equipment manager. Uh, Jamie Healy has been promoted to that role. Dustin Halstead has been hired as the new assistant equipment manager. On other news, Trevor Timmons has joined CBJ as their new assistant director of amateur scouting. We also know Cole Sillinger is day-to-day -day with an upper body injury. Boone Jenner uh, is taking his spot in Group 1. 
uh, right now. And also, a great thing to see for the Columbus Blue Jackets, they had standing room only in their open practice of this past Saturday, which was a really cool sight to see. The buzz around Columbus is seriously there for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, they had some games this past weekend, the split squad, of course, for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, that they played on Sunday. Uh, and there was a lot of hockey there, uh, just a lot of different things going on. In the first game, uh, the Blue Jackets fell in overtime 3-2 to the Penguins in Pittsburgh and then at home won 5-1 against the Penguins. And, of course, um, playing Buffalo uh, yesterday and, of course, this coming week on Thursday when this podcast is released, they will be playing St. Louis uh, on the road at 8 p.m. We don't know the roster for that game just yet and then of course Saturday they will be at home playing Washington on Saturday night um, so a lot of things going on in Columbus with the Buckeyes football game crew game and the Blue Jackets game uh, that day uh, of course it's preseason but crazy things are still going on there and then when we have that episode uh, episode 36 we will be recapping of course uh, the St. Louis and Washington games as well. Uh, so that's everything you need to know when it comes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's move on to the rest of the NHL in the rapid headlines. Uh, we know Zdeno Charner has announced his retirement on Instagram, saying he will return to TD Garden. He signed a one-day deal with the Boston Bruins that allowed him to finish his amazing career with the Boston Bruins. We know P.K. Subban also announced his retirement in the NHL at age 33. Congratulations to both of them, great athletes. You know, when it comes to retirement, you think about what they did on the ice, but both of these players, PK and Chara, did amazing things off the ice in their respective cities, wherever they were, uh, and they will definitely be remembered in the NHL for that as well. We also know the Blue Jackets announced Andy Cochran as the new Executive Director of the Columbus Blue Jackets Foundation. Congratulations to her. We know Nathan McKinnon has announced an eight-year extension with the Avalanche. $12.6 million per year, now making him the highest-paid player in the National Hockey League. We also know gold jerseys will be the Vegas Golden Knights' primary jersey this season. A lot of us knew that was going to happen. Uh, but it is now official. We also know the Seattle Kraken are to release a mascot October 1st. Uh, really interested to see if they go the really kid-friendly route or go more of the gritty route that has had a lot of success in Philadelphia. Also, the Coyotes have announced that they have signed RFA uh, center Barrett Hayden to a two-year contract with an AAV of $1.75 million. Buffalo has also uh, signed Kevin Adams to a multi-year extension as general manager. We also know the NHL games in Prague next month will not be that Russian players in NHL games next month will not be welcomed by the Czech government because of its stance on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. According to the Associated Press, so those players will not be able to participate in that event. For the Vegas Golden Knights, they made some announcements during their training camp. Mark Stone, Brendan Bersan, and Peter Deleberatoror will begin camp in non-contact jerseys. Nolan Patrick, Robin Leonard, and Shea Weber will not play in this coming season. Now let's move on to the college corner here on 614 check. And we'll start with the Big Ten 2022-23 preseason poll, uh, where, of course, we just talked about it with Coach Steve Rollick. Uh, but the Buckeyes are in that poll uh, number five. Uh, Minnesota's one, Notre Dame two, Michigan 
three, Wisconsin, four, Ohio State, five, Penn State, six, Michigan State, seven. Uh, in the Big Ten as well, um, they have announced their first, second, and honorable mention teams. On the first team is Maggie Semenkic of Michigan, a forward there, Matthew Nyes, a forward from Minnesota, Landon Slaggart of Notre Dame, Luke Hughes of Michigan as a defenseman, Brock Faber, defenseman as well from Minnesota, and Eric Portillo, a goaltender for Michigan on the first team. Second team, Adam Fantilli, a forward from Michigan, Logan Cooley, forward from Minnesota, Kevin Wall of Penn State. Uh, on the D side, Jackson Lacombe, defenseman from Minnesota, Mason Lorai of the Ohio State Buckeyes, and Jakob Dobesh, a goaltender for the Buckeyes. Honorable mentions, Nick Lieberman, defenseman Notre Dame, Connor McEarchin, uh, forward for Penn State, uh, Carson Kuhlman's, uh, of course, Blue Jackets prospect and defenseman for Wisconsin, uh, Matt St. Fowl, uh, forward for Wisconsin. They are all on honorable mention lists. Uh, when it comes to women's hockey, games are already underway. Men's hockey hasn't started just yet, but women's games have already begun. Uh, and they started last Thursday, and we had a huge upset right away as number three, Wisconsin, fell to Penn State, number 14, at Pagula Ice Arena, 4-1 in the first day. And just like that, college hockey started off with a huge upset. We'll look at some of the other scores. There were some exhibition games. Minnesota State, who the Buckeyes are going to be playing this coming weekend. They played Manitoba on, uh, of course, Friday in an exhibition game. Beat them 5-1. Exhibition BU as well, beating Mancon, uh 5-1. Some other non-conference games. Wisconsin got back at Penn State winning that game in the game two of that series, 9-1. So a big resounding win there. Uh, of course, we also had some other games. Number eight, Quinnipiac uh, beating Maine 3-2. Final score in overtime for a non-conference game there. Providence beating St. Lawrence in final score 3-2 in overtime. And Bemidji State in the WCHA beating Lindenwood 3-2 final score in overtime as well. Uh, moving on to the next day on Saturday, there were some other games. Number six, Colgate beating Syracuse in a non-conference game, game 3-0. Uh, eight, Quinnipiac beating Maine 3-0. Uh, number 15, Boston College uh, beating four, uh, Franklin Pierce, or not number four, beating Franklin Pierce, excuse me, 4-1. And Minnesota Duluth, fifth in the country, beating LIU uh, 4-1 and Number nine, Clarkson beating Sacred Heart 2-1. Uh, and, of course, in the WCHA, Bemidji State uh, playing non-conference opponent Lindenwood 6-3 as well. Uh, some other games uh, that did, in fact, happen on Sunday. Some exhibition games, St. Thomas beating Manitoba 4-1. Uh, St. Cloud State beating Durham West 5-1. And in a non-conference game, number five, Minnesota Duluth beating LIU 5-0. Uh, uh, some other things when it comes, of course, since those games happen, some new polls came out in the USCHO poll. Ohio State remains one, Minnesota two, Northeastern is three, Minnesota Duluth moves up to four, and Wisconsin moves to five after their loss to Penn State. Uh, you then have Colgate, Yale, Quinnipiac, Princeton, Clarkson, Penn State, Cornell, Harvard, Vermont, Boston College, and receiving votes is Minnesota State. And Minnesota State also received votes in the U.S. Today USA Hockey Poll. Um, that poll just a little bit different. Wisconsin is four instead of three. Minnesota Duluth still five there. Also in the WCHA, they announced that Ohio State will be playing at Minnesota Duluth. We know that already, but that will be on Big Ten Network. 
uh, Friday, December 2nd, uh, 3 p.m. Central. Uh, and, of course, Wisconsin at Minnesota, Saturday, February 11th, 7.30 p.m. Central, will be on Big Ten Network as well. Uh, so 4 and 8.30, respectively, Eastern Standard Time for those games. Uh, so that's going to be it for the Rapid Headlines College Corner and, of course, the Blue Jackets this week's focus. That is going to be it for 614 Check in this episode. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. I hope you enjoyed episode 35 of 614 Check. You're on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network with our season previews of Ohio State men's and women's ice hockey. It was a great time being able to interview both head coach Nadine Muzzarell and Steve Rollick uh, and really get ready for their seasons. I'm really excited to get their season started, uh, continue to cover them on here on 614 Check with weekly episodes to stay tuned on them and the Columbus Blue Jackets and everything else in the hockey universe. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the handle at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. Make sure you listen to all of the other great Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio podcasts on the SGSR Podcast Network, The Ohio State of Mind, Blocko Show, The Nightcap, Nothing But Nylon Coming Back Soon, and everything else. Make sure you follow Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on Twitter at SGSR underscore OSU. That's going to be it for 614 Check this week. My name's Zach Rodier. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on episode 36 of 614 Check. Thanks.